guitar people. Welcome to Have Guitar Will Travel, presented by Vintage Guitar Magazine, with your host, me, James Patrick Regan, otherwise known as Jimmy from the Deadlies. And today is another threefer, this time from the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa, California. First, I'm speaking with country artist Drew Holcomb, then from Ireland, singer-songwriter Foy Vance, and finally, a little change. I speak with winemaker Christoph Paubert from Stag's Leap Winery. First up, with Drew, we cover his birthday shows at the Ryman in Nashville. We talk about growing up in Memphis, and we talk about his first guitar given to him by his dad in Ovation. We talk about him playing in church in Memphis and in college abroad in Scotland. We talk about how he put his band together. And we talk about Drew's gear, and we talk about his pawn shop finds. We talk about how he got his songs placements on TV and movies, and we talk about placement services. We also talk about his connection to the Napa Valley, and we talk about his pastimes, his family, flying, and golf. You can find out more about Drew at his website, drewholcomb.com. That's D-R-E-W-H-O-L-C-O-M-B.com. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar Magazine and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar players. Here's Drew. So I'm with Drew Holcomb, and we're at Bottle Rock. 2022. Yes, we are. Yeah. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. When you walk through the um, through the aisles here and you hear you hear uh, the noise that's happening right over there, how's that? What's that make you feel? Like? Well, it, I mean, especially in the light of the last couple of years, it feels great. You okay, know, good. just hear hear a bunch of <laughs> snare drums and yeah. basses and guitars. It and sounds awesome. Guitars. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> how's uh, Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. going to play two nights at the Ryman for your Yeah, birthday? we're playing two nights at the Ryman. You know, when you, when you turn 40, you got to do something to kind of uh, try to beat beat back the the years a little bit. So, yeah, I thought I'll, I'll do a couple nights at my favorite venue. And right on. We're, gonna, we're, we're in rehearsals, though, and we're doing like 60 songs. So I'm, I bit off a little more than I could chew, I think. But it's going to be fun. <laughs> you're going to do 60 songs? Yeah, over two nights. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you doing, you're not doing the same songs? No, no same song twice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Excellent. Is this the, today's a fly day for you? Yeah, yeah, we just flew out here just for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then um, are you ba- you're based out of Nashville? Obviously. Based out of Nashville from Memphis originally, but yeah, we you know we're all over the place most of the time. But so Nashville's Nashville's where we dig yeah. our roots. Yeah, and you grew up in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, born and raised. There, yeah, yeah, right on. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, what was it like? Would you play music in high school? And- yeah, I started playing guitar when I was. You know, I think my dad was a classic sort of '60s kid who wanted to be in a band, and his dad said, "You know, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, keep your hair." short and your collar t- shirt tucked in and <laughs> so he wanted his kids to play music so I, he gave me my first guitar and i was probably in like the sixth or seventh grade and you know like everybody every kid grew up playing sort of with friends and in church and you know learn music kind of the way that everybody else did yeah exactly yeah you played in church i did yeah, yeah absolutely right <laughs> yeah, right <on. laughs> and uh what kind of guitar did your dad give you when you're- the first guitar i got was a uh you know the plastic back ovation. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, of course. And then not applause, not ovation, not an applause, an ovation. <laughs> um, actually, it was celebrity by ovation, okay. so it was like you know the cheaper version. Uh, <laughs> then my first real, once I kind of like proved that I was actually going to learn it, then he went and got me a Larrabee, which oh, wow. was like a really like the yeah. base, the base Do three model, and that sort of, that was sort of my guitar all through high school and college. Okay, and and. Uh, High school and college, were you busking or were you, what were you doing? How were you? Yeah, I started playing um, in college. I started playing gigs out around Knoxville, went to UT Knoxville, and that's where I started playing. I was doing covers and trying to sneak some of my originals in there to kind of see how people react. And yeah. by my senior year, I was playing real, you know, shows where it was me playing in $5 cover and playing uh-huh. my own songs. And uh, yeah, it kind of, 
I studied abroad in Scotland my junior year, and that's really, really what kicked off the songwriting wow. thing. So while I was there, I didn't know anybody, and so I was just like sat around my room and wrote songs all day. Sure, what'd you study? Uh, over there, I was studying history. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I'm a nerd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, was there a huge music scene in Scotland? You know, there was. I mean, I I went and saw a bunch of touring acts when I was there. I saw Beck. I went and saw Dave Brubeck. Um, you know, wow. saw, saw Lucinda Williams, um, Damien Rice. But really, there was this. I thought the pub scene was cool because there was all this sort of like yeah. classic Celtic folk music. Sure. And I would just go and get a couple pints with some friends and listen to these, you know, kind of amateur weekend warrior, you know, hobbyists yeah. play, and they were incredible. Yeah. And they had these great songs. You could tell, like, I kind of picked up pretty quickly that these sort of story time, these storyteller narrative American sort of popular folk songs came out of that same family tree. And sure. Yeah, it kind of lit a fire in, in me. So what, what, made, what precipitated the move to Nashville? Well, Memphis people are sort of raised to hate Nashville. Oh, okay. And so I, I, I was very anti-moving to Nashville. Then I married a, a, a woman who's from Nashville. Uh, we were kids at the time. Uh-huh. We were 24 and 23. And she was a school teacher, and she got a job in Nashville. Okay. And I said, well, sure, I'll give it a try. And I, I moved there right around the time. It was like 2006 when you had this – it had always been known as like a country and Christian music town only. Sure. And, but right around the same time, you had, like, the Kings of Leon were coming out. And Sheryl Crow had just moved to town. Jack White had just moved from Detroit. And yeah. the sort of pop singer-songwriter scene with, like, the Matt Carneys of the world was all happening. And so all of a sudden, I kind of really fertile ground to be a new artist. And the whole Americana thing was just starting to happen. Yeah. I mean, the music had, had always been there. But as far as it kind of becoming an, its own genre. Yeah. And so just, yeah, it was a great space for me, uh, even though I moved there a little bit kicking and screaming, honestly. <laughs> and uh, did you, you put a band together there? or how does it, I how started, put, so I, when I graduated, I moved back to Memphis for about 18 months. And okay. that's where I met Nathan, my guitar player. Okay. He was in high school at the time, and he's been playing with me ever since. So that was, you know, t- uh, almost 20 years ago, okay. or uh, 19 years ago. That was 2003, so wow. 19 years ago. Yeah. And... Then when he, he went to Belmont for college and would play on the weekends with me, and he introduced me to Rich, who's now been with me for 17 years. Wow. And so some of them were from Memphis, some of them were Nashville, but we kind of all, you know, coagulated in Nashville. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, right on. And uh, as far as gear that you're using right now, what are you using now? Oh, man, I, I have, I'm the junkie. You know, a lot of my peers, they get like a deal, and they play only Martins or only Gibsons. And yeah. I have a little bit of everything. I've got... I mean, the, the, let's see. I'll just say what I've got here at Bottle Rock. I've got a uh, probably a 15-year-old custom Laravee uh, Triple O that's got the slotted headstock and a oh, sunburst, wow. maple, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then I've got this guitar out of Virginia called a Husson Dalton. Oh, of course. Uh, they kind of yeah. make like a J45 yeah. style yeah. big big body guitar. Those are great road guitars for me. Uh, then I've, you know, I've got my, my favorite find is I found a 67 J45 in a pawn shop in the corner rotting. Wow. No strings on it. And the guy sold it to me for 500 bucks. What town? And I nursed it back to health. It was in um, Lexington, Virginia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we were there on some show, and I was walking around, walked in this pawn shop, and see this old crusty guitar just, like, leaning in the corner. And I'm like, uh, what's the story here? And he goes, oh, some guy's consigning it. You know, I was like, well, how much? He goes, 500 cash. I was like, where's the nearest ATM? <laughs> you know, ran to an ATM, bought it, and uh, I, I ride a lot on that guitar. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I've got, I've got, a, I'll be, I, I usually play on, on tour, like a, 
you know, like a ES125. Okay. With a oh, wow, single yeah, with pickup. A single pickup. Yeah, yeah, love that guitar. It's great for a rhythm guitar player who wants a little bit of chunk yeah, and, yeah. And, and verb. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I could sit here and recount. I have like 30 different guitars, you know. What's wrong with that? I got the old Black Beauty LO3, wow. you know, from the 30s. And yeah, I just, they're, they're amazing. I like, I kind of have a good mix of like old vintage stuff and then luthier stuff. Okay. Oh, wow. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the luthiers love to like build build artist stuff for cost. Sure. So it's like, all right, this yeah, is great. You can't turn it down. You can't turn it down. <laughs> Especially if it's a good guitar. That's right, for sure. <laughs> and what are you using for pickups inside your guitar? All, all bags for me. Okay. Yeah. All our bags. Yeah, I've kind yeah. of just, but there's that old saying, you know, dance with the girl that brought you. Yeah. And I, I my first pickup was a bags. And was it's it on always, a Gibson or was it? It was on a, it was on a Larrabee. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, got it in, a, in an old Martin that I've got from like the late 80s. Um. Yeah, just I think it's I think they're almost all bags, which is you know you kind of get used to something and sure yeah and and for a DI what are you using for DIs? Um, you know I used the bags DI for a while, but it got a little complicated with um all the knobs and stuff. So now we just yeah. use the stereo like those green ones. What are they called? Um, the radials. Um, oh, okay. Just yeah. the regular old. Yeah, just regular DIs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing fancy. Nothing fancy for me on that front. Nothing, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it, you use an amp or. So yeah, I've got a Tyler amp, uh, Princeton. Okay, that's that's what I use for the ES125. Uh-huh. Um, but for the the acoustics, I just go. We just go yeah, direct, direct in. And, yeah. yeah, let the let the let the pickup do the work. And the and anything as far as effects with the with the electric guitar. No, I'm just, just like just the verb. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a simpleton, really. Uh, you know, my my guitar player Nathan, who um, he plays everything: guitar, steel, piano. He's got you know all sorts of crazy stuff sure. on the electric yeah. front but i uh i just never i, I just always kind of found myself in that like always wanting to go back to the acoustic and so okay. i you know i'm a great like right hand player but sure. on the left hand it's like chords and the truth or whatever however yeah, i yeah, say yeah, it you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so um yeah like i just i just i keep it pretty simple yeah and that as far as songwriting how'd you How'd you work out getting the placements on uh, on TV? On TV, yeah. The first one ever was through, if people remember this, uh, MySpace. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. So I was on MySpace one day checking some checking a message, and some guy out in California was like, "Hey, I've got a friend who plays his songs. Would you be willing to let him place your stuff? If wow. he gets something, I'll get a cut, whatever." And I was like, at the time, I didn't, I, no manager, no agent, it was just me. Yeah. So I said yes, and sure enough, my first placement was uh, a song of mine called Eastbound Wind on a show called Army Wives. Okay. That was on Lifetime in the early 2000s. Sure. And sort of in the post 9-11, it was a show built around like, you know, husbands who were off in Iraq fighting and the wives are back at home, sort yeah, of a, yeah. you know. And uh, that was the first placement I got. And then it, it just kind of started snowballing. And over the last 20 years, I mean, we've had over 150 of them. Wow. On anything from like you know, big melodramatic scenes on Parenthood and House yeah. and commercials like, uh, you know, Ford just did a Super Bowl commercial with one of our yeah. songs. But right. then we've also had stuff on like, you know, Teen Mom uh-huh. and uh, Deadliest Catch. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. the, they need music and we're like, yeah, go for it. Is it is it's it been kind of our radio. Like through an agency or is it? Well, it was through an agency for many years, but now it's all direct through my, wow. through my management just because okay. it, it, we've gotten enough relationships directly sure. with the supervisors that they kind of. Yeah. They come direct. And we work with a few folks, uh, yeah. Truly Music, Gold Sounds. There's a few folks that help us as well, yeah. Music Bed. But. 
You never uh, ever hook up with taxi or any of that kind of stuff? Do what? Taxi. Have you never did ta- taxi. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought about it, uh-huh. you know, in those early years, but it was almost like every time I was about to use one of those services, uh, I would get something sort of yeah. naturally. Yeah. And um, just that it, it wasn't the right fit for me. But, they, yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you? Do you know of anybody that ever got anything placed through taxi? Uh, I'm sure I do, but not off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- there's a lot of breaks in your tour schedule. Are, what do you do? Are you working on new music? I'm working on a new record. Okay. Yeah, we just went to Asheville to uh, Echo Mountain Studios. Did about eight, got eight songs started there. And then we're going to go, I like to get out of town to work. Okay. Just got three kids, so uh-huh. working in town is sort of a, a, a unique challenge, but... So we're going to Seattle for wow. ten days wow. in August, and we're going to record another twelve or fifteen songs, and, yeah. uh, and then we'll see kind of what what rises to the top. But we, I've been writing a ton. I mean, I wrote a song last night that I'll probably record. Right on, very good. Sitting on the porch of one of these wineries. Nope. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you have connections here in Napa? Or? I do. I've done a lot of events here over the years. So there's, th- there's four or five wineries that I've done like different sort of music events for, and uh, so it was fun to get the Bottle Rock invite because i got to stay with some friends who have okay. a place out here did you do live in the vineyard or there's one like that it was called youngville live oh yeah yeah youngville live. yeah so i did youngville yeah. live and then i've done um um i opened for john hyatt here okay at the uh uptown uptown yeah and then yeah a few things were, like that were you supporting john hyatt i did a whole west coast run with him yeah. okay sort of maybe 10 years ago okay yeah it yeah. was he was kind to have me out when the uptown was was brand it had just yeah it just been real it just gotten refurbished and all that yeah, yeah. very good well, anything you do for fun outside of songwriting? Yeah, I do a lot of things for fun. I uh, well, I have three kids, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestle a lot yeah. for fun. Uh, I'm a pilot, so I fly. Oh, really? I fly a fair bit. Yeah. Did you fly yourself here? I did a little too far. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I fly a lot around the southeast and Midwest. Um, so I got my license. When I was in college and got kind of back really heavy into that in COVID, and uh-huh. uh, and then I I, I do uh, I do play a little bit of golf, which yeah. is fun. It's great. It's a great road hobby because yeah. you got all got all day to kill some time get outside sure. go for a walk did you play to you not today i did play today oh you did your yeah Where yeah did you play at? So just up the road a place called silverado yeah yeah the expensive yeah. place i didn't pay for it okay good so i got invited <laughs> <laughs> good for you yeah that's right that's right <laughs> um how do you get your guitars from like on a fly date how do you get your guitars well called so Colton. Yeah. yeah everything's called and then i'll usually carry one on okay so i'll check to with Calton cases, uh, do you have like a double, like a case that holds two? No, 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 no double case. So wow. it's just, I mean, yeah, it's expensive to yeah. fly with all the guitars. But like, like for instance, I usually bring the, if I was on the bus or I would, I would, or you know, Sprinter or whatever, I would, I would have the ES125. But I don't want to fly with that thing because no, it's no, so no. fragile. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I'll loan you mine. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll know next time. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'll just, yeah, just for like shows like this, I'll just fly with three acoustics and and kind of let it ride. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I, I appreciate all your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, my yeah. pleasure. pleasure is thanks, everybody out there. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, man. Awesome. Enjoyed yeah. it. Next up is Foy Vance. Foy Vance is a musician and singer-songwriter from Northern Ireland. Signed to Ed Sheeran's Gingerbread Man label. With Foy, we discuss his hat and his bottle rock experience. We talk about being born in Northern Ireland and living currently in Scotland. We talk about his performance using loopers early on and then moving away from it and using a band. We talk about his Loudon guitar and his gear in general. And we talk about recording at Blackbird Studio in Nashville and Muscle Shoals and Sun Studio in Memphis. We talk about how he put his band together. 
And finally, we talk about Foy's podcast. You can find out more about Foy at his website, foyvance.com. That's F-O-Y-V-A-N-C-E.com. Here's Foy. Okay, what'd you eat? what I eat? Yeah. I had some paella. Oh, I had some vegetarian paella. Yeah. Uh, yeah, paella. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Beg your pardon. Do you need me to buy you a proper hat? Uh, what are you saying about my hat? I'm saying it's gorgeous. But it's got a burn hole in it? Uh, no. I don't see anything. What do you say? You say you need to get me a proper hat? I'm at Bottle Rock, and I'm speaking with... Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Foy Vance, and I'm at Bottle Rock speaking with James. <laughs> oh, wait. You have the radio voice. Oh, do they? Yes, you do. Yes, you're listening Except to KCRW one six seven five. How are you? Very good, very good. Actually, yeah, no, it's it's been a great day. We, I've been on the road for about a month now. It's the 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 penultimate show. Actually, my last show was in L.A. here in the Regent Regent Theater, whatever it's called, uh, in a couple of days. So this is the this is like the penultimate show, and we're here, and it's yeah. sunny as get out. Uh, yeah, exactly. And there's a load of killer great bands on and, oh, and, yeah. and great food on. And you had on. an audience, quite an audience for you. That was a, that, that was a good turnout, wasn't it? That yes, was a good was. gig. I enjoyed yeah. that gig. I really enjoyed that gig. Yeah. It's nice. There's something about festival gigs that just feel different than uh, than a theatre. I I, you know, you just go out. On a festival, you just go out and throw down, really, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That's all you can do. Yeah. It's just do what you do and put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, so I enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> Um, so you're from Scotland? Well, I'm from Northern Ireland. Oh, Northern Ireland. But I live in Scotland. Oh. Yeah. I'm, Are I'm, you allowed to do that? <laughs> you're allowed to do whatever you want, Jim. <laughs> do whatever you want in life. It's your life, mate. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, so I was born in Northern Ireland, Bangor County down, up in the northeast coast of Ireland. Uh, uh-huh. But then, uh, yeah, there's something, there was something about... The, the place that I live now is a town called Aberfeldy, which is like a... A town of about two thousand in the middle oh, wow. of in the middle of a valley that takes three and a half hours to get the type thing from anywhere okay. normal, and yeah, it's good. It's good for writing, good for thinking, good for being. Uh huh. Yeah. And the when you're writing, do you just because I saw you were using loopers at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you write? You come up with like a riff on a no, looper? I no, I never do that. Oh, okay. I only use the, the only reason I use the loop station today is because my first record, Hope. Uh-huh. It's 15 years old Okay uh, This year 2007 Yeah And we've re-released it We're releasing it in vinyl Later in the year So uh, so I've been I've been playing some songs Off that record Which used I used to use The Lip Station But then Ed Sheeran came along And did right. the Lip Station You know you know, I once said to him, actually, I said, you know, you stole, you stole my shit, man. You stole my idea. And he said, aye, but I did it better. <laughs> yeah, but I did it better, is what he said. And he, so he did. Uh, so, no, I, I used the loop station back in those days for, it wasn't design, it was default. Uh-huh. I, I just, you know, I needed to create a bigger, sure. I was on the stage on my own all night, so yeah. I needed to have dynamic, you know, yeah. so how can I make something that sounds huge? Yeah. So I, I used it then, but uh, I prefer to just play with the band, you know, one, two, three, four, and go. <laughs> Is it, um, when you were starting, Does that what you did, were you playing like pubs and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, all that, yeah, I did that, I did that for years and years, even when I was writing actually in the background, I would still do cover shows just to pay the rent, basically, uh-huh. you know. Um, but they, 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 you know what? They were. I look back in that time, and as much as I didn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I'm really grateful for the ground that it gave me. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. You know. Yeah. Because you can play anywhere. You now. know what I mean? I shout a song. Up, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we may, may or may not get, may or may not get through it, but uh, something will happen. You know, and that's what you, you learn. You learn some kind of 
chops when you're playing live sure. like that all the time. Yeah. Did you play a lot of Sweet Home Alabama? <laughs> no, not very often. <laughs> once in a while, once in a while. But I, I do. I did. I always liked it when I played it, though. Yeah, even though it's overplayed, I, who, who doesn't love it? Oh yeah, of course. So you're playing. You're playing a Taylor. Is that your first guitar that you're playing? Still, it was it a Taylor that you're playing? No, I play a Loudon guitar. Oh, a Loudon. Yeah, a Loudon. Yeah. Oh, don't. I'm sorry. Ju- Excuse me. No, you're all right. You're all right. Uh, no, I do not play Taylor. I repeat, I do not play Taylor. Uh, no, I play Loudon guitars. Uh, and uh, they didn't want to get you a new one or anything. Ah, because every time I show, you're talking about how beat up my guitar yes, is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I have a few. I have a few guitars from Loudon, and every time I bring that guitar, uh, I call that one Willie because it's my road dog. It's like uh-huh. Willie Nelson. Yes, exactly. Like, he's been called Willie for a long time. He's the road dog. I've had him about twenty odd years, and every time I bring him back to George uh, to get something fixed or something that's cracked or whatever, he just the look of disgust on his face, James. <laughs> the look of disgust. <laughs> he opens the case and he just looks at me with like, "Oh, what? Like, are you using this as a baseball bat or what are you doing, son? Are you digging the garden with it? <laughs> like, what's going on?" Uh, yeah, it depresses him, but. Uh, <laughs> Guitars are meant to be played, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. When you said George, who's George? George Lydon. Oh, okay. Oh. George Lydon. <laughs> he's he the, take it back to the factory. Yeah, I take it back to George. <laughs> he's, the, he's the guy that makes the guitars. Oh, yeah. right on. Best, best acoustic guitars in the world, dare I say it. Okay. You I, know you're wearing, it. I know you're wearing a Fender top, but... They uh, don't make acoustics? I don't think so. Well, they Except do. Except for they used know, to. Buck Owens. Yeah. They used to make those things. I don't know. No, they still make no, them. No, no. <laughs> George, George Lydon is the... Okay. Hey, have you been working with George Lydon for a long time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, over twenty years. Yeah, yeah. His, his guitars are just uh, otherworldly. No oh, yeah. I don't know what he does in the soundboard. I don't know, but, but they just resonate better than uh, like for a, for for picking. Like you know what I mean? If you want, if you want, there's certain sounds. If you want a certain sound, uh, you know, like a sometimes only a Gibson will do. Sometimes sure. only a Martin, an old Martin will do. Whatever. But with regards to an all-round guitar, where you can, as a solo act, you can go up and you can feel the low end, real deep low end, sure. and, 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 and all and all the frequencies in between all sing like birds. Yeah, uh, it's it's an incredible guitar. Yeah. I'm extolling these virtues now. I'm, I'm, it sounds like an advert. <laughs> yeah. if, and for as far as pick, is there a pickup inside of it? Uh, yeah. I, oh. I'm not very good at this kind of stuff. Well, think, I'm not going to ask you any more questions. I think then. it's a bra- Briggs. <laughs> Oh, Braggs. Braggs. L- LR Braggs. LR Braggs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just started working with those guys, so okay. that's that's the pickup in my my one night. Is it heavy? Is the pickup heavy? Do you, like, does the guitar have more weight to it with that pickup? No, it didn't feel, okay. it didn't feel too heavy. All right. Uh, and it's one of those blend ones. Okay. Which is really, it's, you know what I love about the blend is I use a, a Strymon Blue Sky Reverb. Okay. And I put it through a... a, a like a that's a pretty volume. technical for somebody who didn't want to talk about pickups. I know, but I know, but like, <laughs> but the, this this thing works. So okay. I, I figured this out. So I've got it on a on a volume pedal, uh-huh. so I can feed it in, and feed it out as yeah. I'm playing guitar. But when when you put the whole reverb on, and I start to feed in the mic because it's a, a the pickup is a blend DI mic, and feed in the mic and it starts to feed back on the reverb through yeah. the through the monitor. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard it's, that. It's a great thing to play yeah. with. It's a great. Because uh, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. It depends on the night. It depends on what uh, you know how hot the monitors are. I, sometimes it howls, and I've got to go stand <laughs> somewhere else. Or, uh, but I, yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I like that. That's that's the one tool. And what kind of case? What kind of ca- oh, uh, Hessex. Oh, Hessex. Hess 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 Hessex. I don't. Yeah, I don't Hessex know case. 
I don't know. You talking about the case of the guitar case? Yeah, the guitar case. Because you do so much flying. I was curious, like if if how the how the case. Holds I'm up. pretty sure it's called the Hessex or something. It's one of these things you get drop from a yeah. ceiling and uh, yeah, drop from a roof. Sorry, and uh, it's not Colton, though. No, no, okay. no. We're not even going to talk about Colton. <laughs> no. Uh, is this like a guitar-heavy oh. podcast? What is this podcast? Oh, no one told you. Nobody told me anything. Joe? No one told. You know what? Someone probably did tell me, but I just don't listen. It's That's for the a vintage problem. guitar magazine. A Finnish? Gu- no, vintage guitar. Vintage mag- guitar magazine. Yeah. Wow. We're international. I'm sure we're in like you know, Northern Ireland or Scotland or wherever you might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking of vintage guitars, when I recorded, and now that I know where I am, yeah. Uh, when I recorded uh, an album called uh, The Wild Swan, I did it in Blackbird. Blackbird. Blackbird, oh, Blackbird Studios Studio in Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their guitar collection, oh, James. Yeah, oh, my God. I played, uh, I think it was a, I can't remember how old this Martin was. Uh, old. Before World I remember War. how much it was. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, cause I, 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 I handled it with great care. It was pre-war. It was all, yeah. And the war that you were actually, you guys were actually involved in. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, but like walking up there, it was like, uh, I don't know, a, like, uh, like a sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. Without trying to put too fine a point on it. No. It felt like a sanctuary. Walking into this room full of guitars, sure. of just, what, what, the history, the, the songs, the, yeah. it, it, like, it was a library of music. Sure. And, and, and you know, Encapsulating guitars, it was. I blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my and mind. The, the studio itself is. I mean, like the board that the yeah. studio is is pretty amazing. That's a killer studio. Yeah. The, and you, so you did that album there at Blackbird. Have you worked at other studios? Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. I've been dotting around, man. I like the I like to mix it up. So yeah. I I recorded a, a if you like a soul record or songs that I felt were sort of more in that vein. I recorded a record, an album in Muscle Shows, a Fame Studio. Did you really? Shows yeah. There. And then I recorded an album of sort of Americana songs uh-huh. in, in Sam Phillips' recorded studios in Memphis. Wow. Called To Memphis. Yeah. Uh, so there's two records from Muscle Shoals to Memphis. Yeah. Um, and the, you bring your band to do these? Or is no. Studio musicians? No. I, the point of those records, well, you know, I'm used to getting into the studio, uh, you know, building up my own, blueprinting my own shit, you know, sure. like kind of getting it all together and then getting the musicians together yeah. and going in map, sort of mapping it out and feeling it out and see what changes or whatever but with this I wanted to do something completely different because I wanted to go old school I wanted yeah. to go in two days recording one day mixing done yeah right on hear the songs yeah but, so I worked with the, in, in Muscle Shoals I worked with a great uh, co-producer called Ben Tanner uh-huh. who works with Alabama Shakes and oh, yeah, shit yeah. like that um, he, he was incredible and in Memphis I worked with a guy called um uh, Matt Rossbang. Okay. Um, who studied under Dave Cobb. I don't know if he, uh, but uh, he's an incredible. So basically, I just called these these producers and said, "Look, get me people that eat, sleep, breathe this shit all day, every day, so <laughs> as I can just run in, sing, and leave." Yeah. You right know, on. I don't want to think about what I just wanted to go and sing. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I did. Uh, yeah. So when you were recording those records. When you're finished, do you have the same band that you're using all the time? Like, is this the, the guys that were here today? Are is that your band? Are they all from? No, no. I, cha- just I changed it up. Picked up. 
off of Craigslist? So. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No, this is, this is a new band. So, like, this new band is a... It's a new band for this record, for Signs of Life. Okay. Up until this record, I had another band that I worked with. But then, in between that band and this band, I worked with a band of women. I okay. put, I, wow. Uh, yeah. We had one guy... The, which pissed me off. Uh-huh. I was told you it would be. Know. It was. To, I was told it would be all women. <laughs> I, I did Americana Fest and, and uh, I was like, hey, I want a band of all women. <laughs> um, uh, the idea of touring that sounds cool. <laughs> no, I, I like changing shit up, man. It's, it's important to be. Uh, it's important to stay interested. Oh yeah. I, I think as, sure. as, as there's a great poem by Charles Bukowski that says, "As the form appears, the spirit wanes." <laughs> it's called art. The poem's called art. Uh-huh. And. I think as soon as a formula starts to appear appear in your life, you're meant to turn it on its head. Yeah. And so, but more to my point, how do you put together these bands? Do you put them together? Do you find these all the different musicians for the band? I just put word out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just ask people that I know. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And then they just turn up and, you're, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you get to know people over the years, right? So the all-girl band, like uh, Bonnie Bishop's a, an incredible singer-songwriter that I've known for 10 years. And, and her friend Harmony they're, they're two people that I knew so I just reached out to them okay. and I was like get me some yeah. get me the baddest ass band you can uh, and yeah so I I, I, I like to it's nice to arrive and not know what's happening sure yeah <laughs> to a certain extent it is I like it I like it I know a lot of people don't like it but I think music I think that's what music is I think it shouldn't you shouldn't rehearse the danger out of shit oh yeah oh I agree with that with that yeah, yeah. But, you, but you need to have confidence that the people can can uh are, uh, well, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, it sucks for a minute. Things that can happen. I, well, I don't know say anything earlier, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about your podcast briefly? Yes, briefly. you can. Very briefly. I'm a very busy man. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't know I was busy. Yes, my podcast is called the Vinyl Supper Podcast. The premise is uh, like your like your final supper. Okay. Like the last meal you'll ever have. What are you going to have for starters? What are you going to have for me? And what are you going to have for dessert? And what record are you going to listen to when you do that? And why? And it just kind of goes from there, really. It's okay. perhaps a bit morbid or morose, yeah. like your last meal. But but it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the premise of the podcast. Very good. And, where, and so I know that you, this is, you can find it through your website. Yeah. So what's your website? Foyvance.com. And spell that because people don't know how to spell foy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, not us it, Americans, anyway. Well, I'll tell you what. Foy's like Roy with an F. Right. In fact, there was, this one, there was this one night I was playing a gig in Belfast, and this guy came up to me after the show, and he said that was a, he was completely inebriated. Completely inebriated. Blind drunk. And he said, I love the show, man. I love the show. What's your name? And I said, Foy. And he said, what? I said, Foy. It's like Roy with an F. And he said, how you doing, man? I'm Robert. That's Fobbert with an R. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off of the, I thought that was pretty quick for yeah, a drunk very man. Very quick. Uh, yeah, so it's f o y v a n c e dot com. Very good, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Pleasure speaking with you, my man. <laughs> yeah, I like your nails, by the way. Oh, thank you. These lovely painted nails, and that's you know when you don't use a pick, you can use these. Ah, <laughs> I like that you paint them. Though. Yeah, it was a great show, by the way. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. My pleasure. Genuinely, thank you. Next up is Stag Sleep Winery's winemaker, Christoph Palbert. With Christoph, we discuss his bottle rock experience and the bands he was looking forward to seeing. We talk about his work history around the world and his education in Bordeaux. 
We discuss the varieties of wine he makes at Stag's Leap Winery, and we also discuss the 2018 harvest, which he considers the best of his 13 years at Stag's Leap Winery. We talk about music and the importance of music in his life. We discuss what he does in his work life as a winemaker and the amount of time he spends in the vineyard. We talk about the locations of the vineyards, and finally, we discuss hobbies outside of wine and music, rowing boats, and painting. You can find out more about Christoph's wines at stagsleep.com. That's S-T-A-G-S-L-E-A-P.com. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar Magazine and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar players. Here's Christoph. Christoph. I'm here. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Is this your first Bottle Rock Festival? Oh, no. I have been here, uh, not the first year, but uh, after that, every year. Every year? year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How long have you... You're, so you're the winemaker for Stag's Leap Wines. As I say, yeah. As, as I told me that. Yeah. <laughs> but not... Wait. It's, so there's Stag's Leap Wine Cellars and then there's Stag's Leap... Winery. Winery. Which one are you at? Winery. Winery. The original one. The original one. Okay. The I, one... I, cre- the right one off Silverado Trail. Yeah. Oh, no. We are Eden. We are hidden. We are, you don't see us from the road. You need okay. to. We are secluded, a bit uh, hiding. Okay. Uh, nice thing. Are always hiding. So. And are you? <laughs> are you only at Stag's Leap? Are you a, and with within the? It, is there an umbrella of wineries that you? That no, you work? just Stag's Leap. It's just lar- Stag's Leap. largely enough for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. I'm just checking. I got to. I got to make sure I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Um, so you've. Been, what are the highlights for you of the festival? Let's say for this year. Oh, is that that's the thing. I've been every year, but I, it's the first day I'm here. Oh, this today's the first yeah, day yeah, you've first been day, here. Yeah. I came uh, especially today for Anna Tishu. Okay. Uh, Chilean, Franco-Chilean. Really like what she does, and I would like to see the whalers uh, a bit later. Okay, yeah. of course, yes. I'm I'm all, all school, so whalers is sounds a lot to me. <laughs> Very good, and. And I, so I was beginning to ask you, how many years have you been at Stag's Leap? 13 years. 13 years? Yeah. 13 well, and where years. were you before that? Oh, I traveled the world. I was in Walla Walla, Washington, if I uh, move back uh, um, one by one. I was in France. I was in Spain, Chile, New Zealand. Wow. And Bordeaux. I am from Bordeaux. Wow. A bit everywhere. Yeah. And, and where did you study? In Bordeaux. Oh, in Bordeaux. Wow. How, what do you think of, of the 2022 year so far? Uh, it's a bit too early. Uh, everything looks good. We had more rain this winter, yes. which is really important. Yeah. The vineyard is growing perfectly. It's uh, s- Some fruit is already in bloom right now. Wow. No, people don't realize that each berry, it's a little flower. Sure. So we have a cluster of flower right now, and yeah. it smells very, very good. It's very delicate. Exactly. It's one of my pleasure every year to smell the bloom of the, of yeah. the grape. And it pollinates before the caps? Before the caps yeah, after, po- after the cap, yeah. After the good cap. point. Yeah, the yeah. cap uh, uh, falls, and the pollinization is after the caps falling. Yeah. And... Just for people, because these the, I work for Vintage Guitar Magazine, so people aren't probably not, aren't completely familiar with, although it is vintage wines. Uh, what varieties of wine do you do? You do? Oh, um, fortunately, many different. Because very often people ask me which one do you prefer. I tell them all the time. I love to make that many. So we make Sauvignon Blanc, Viognier, Chardonnay, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Syrah, Petit Verdot, Mauvais, Carignan. So it's, it's what is fun about that. But we are very famous more for Chardonnay, Cabernet, and Petit Syrah. Okay. 
and the Petit Syrah is, is, has nothing to do with Syrah. No, so that's a bit in a certain way, like Cabernet Sauvignon is a breed with Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Uh, Petit Syrah is a breed between Syrah and another variety nobody knows, Pelourcin. So half of the genetic is from Syrah, but okay. uh, the variety out of the breeding is totally different. Uh, okay. What year is released right now? So it's 2022. What year of, of Cabernet Sauvignon is released? We are in right? 18 right now. On 18? Yeah, 18. And we how are is it going to be, to be soon in 19. 18 was the best vintage in 13 years I have been at Stats. Oh, wow. I have to say, last year, 21 was also very special. But, okay. uh, yeah, unbelievable vintage. And the spring rains this year, like, that, that no, no, they didn't inhabit Not anything? enough. No, no, actually, it was good to have a, bi- a bit of rain. It's good. Uh-huh. During bloom could be problematic if it's very cold, but it was nothing. It helps a bit. No, no influence. No bad influence. Okay, I'm not going to ask you any more any wine questions. Now I'm going to ask you oh, about go music. Go for it. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all softballs. As guitar, you, do you play guitar at I all? I don't. A you friend don't? of mine playing guitars. I love music and can't live without music. There is music all the time in my house. I am very eclectic, uh-huh. but very picky. So that comes right, goes from classical to rock to uh, um, uh, electronic to... Uh, but... Very picky. <laughs> okay, and so if if I were to go to, your, are you listening? Do you listen to vinyl or do you listen to what? How do you I'm listen? Still, nah, yeah. So I have been there. Uh, I haven't been there. I am the generation. I was happy to go to digital. I was uh, okay. done with scratch, 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 scratch in my vinyl. Yeah. I have everything on uh, on my computer with a very good DAC. Okay. With very good speakers, top notch. Yeah, I am very happy with that. So if we looked at your playlist, what would we find? Oh, I told you uh, anything, anything, any just, just for example. For example, uh, uh, electronic. I, I follow some. Uh, I'm not going. You are going to pick me with his name. I'm not very good with. Oh, name. that's okay. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I like diversity. I have hundred station station in Pandora. Uh-huh. Put that all day long, like uh, my radio, and and go for it. And and I love it because that makes me discover other people. Sure. And how much time do you spend in the cellar listening to music? Or, or are you traveling all around? Uh, in the cellar, not much. In my office, yes, actually. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's more at home. But uh, when I work by myself in my office, always with music. And as a winemaker, you're, more, you're kind of like this, like the manager of the whole entire winery. Yeah. That's, that's what... Uh, that, yeah. Don't let me speak for you. Is that, what, what are your day-to-day, op- uh, your, your jobs? So the fun thing is winemaking is very different depending on the year. Uh-huh. So it's not like I do the same thing all the time. So, for, of course, during harvest, during three months, it's very intensive. It's six days a week, 12, 12 hours a day, testing grapes to decide when to pick, testing wines in the making, decision organizing, picking... Working with my crew. Yeah. After that, we are going to work on um, preparing blends for future bottling. Yeah. Uh, this year, it have been two years a bit less, but also been the brand ambassador for the for the winery. Uh-huh. So talking to journalists. <laughs> yeah. As I do with you. Yeah. So uh, very diverse, and that is fun for that. Yeah, very good. And do you, do you get to spend how much time in a in a normal day, not including harvest, in a normal day? How much time would you spend I, in the I vineyard? What, I do what uh, my uh, team does. Uh, so they, they work uh, four days a week, 10 hours. Okay. Uh, so I am with them, and I go also a bit on Fridays. So uh-huh. uh, there are long days, but yeah, I, I am part of the team. I don't, sure. I don't play the star in a winery. <laughs> uh, making one star, is though. fun. <laughs> making one is fun because it's a team 
uh, endeavor. It's a teamwork. Uh, yeah. Some t very often I tell people uh, they praise me I, because I am in front, but I am nobody with my without my crew. Sure. Of so course. it's like a um, orchestra director or movie director or the singer in a band. The singer in a band. You are nobody without the people <laughs> yes, around. Exactly. That's the same making wine. Yes. The, uh, how much time do you get to spend in the vineyard? Like walking in the vineyard. Uh, actually, I go just for getting out of my office every day in the vineyard. Okay. Uh, and after that, I go different time on the, on the year to, to work with the viticulture department. Because that's the thing. Uh, winemakers, we are not wizards. Yeah. We don't make the quality of the wine. The quality of the wine comes from the fruit. So sure. I don't have tools. I don't have uh, secrets to make the wine better than what the fruit can deliver. Yep. So uh, working in the vineyard with the people, it's where we can improve all the time to adapt uh, to each year. This agriculture, not one year is exactly the same than the uh, year before. Yeah. So adaptation, and you can achieve that only spending time with them. Yes, exactly. If you if you had to say you're spending so much time with each, what percentage of time would you spend in the vineyard versus? It depends the time of the year. In winter, for instance, after harvest until March. Nothing happens. The, uh -huh. the leaves are falling. Well, nothing. I may go to see the pruning, but after 13 years working with me, they know exactly what I want. Sure, sure. So all winter is going to be a bit more quiet. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a bit more. Uh, the more we get closer to harvest, the more. And uh, during harvest, I spend three hours every morning testing fruit to decide wow. when to pick each, yeah. each block yes. and several times. I can, I can tell you I eat so much grape during harvest, I never buy grapes the rest of the year. Okay. <laughs> are, all the, are all the vineyards located in Stag's Leap or are they spread uh, out? Stag's is uh, what, you, what I call our soul, that's the estate. We yeah. planted the late uh, 1870s, one oh. of the oldest vineyards. Wow. But we make wine also from vineyard we own uh -huh. outside of the appellation. And also we buy some fruit even. But okay. uh, long-term contract, we want to, to have always the same fruit because the fruit is what defines the wine. Sure, sure. So lots of stability there. So different yeah. sourcing. And the Chardonnay, where is, it, where is that grown? Chardonnay uh, is uh, from Carneros for 75%. Okay. And the rest with the, app the appellation we, we make it from, it's uh, Ocknall. Okay. which is the first appellation north of the town of the, of the town of Napa. So very driven by the south. I like the south, cooler weather. Sure. And that's what makes the, the one we make um, what they are. And the Cabernet or the Cabernet blend, is that is that specifically estate? Uh, so we have some specifically estate. We uh -huh. call it estate. They are black labels, uh, more high-end, I would say, like sure. reserve. And uh, But all the, the white label we make that is more easily, uh, you can find more easily. Yeah. I find, I try, because I, I try to make this wine very similar than the style we have on the property. So I try to sow the fruit that go into remind this style. And again, I find that in the south of the valley. Very good. I, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Any things you do for fun oh, besides music? Yeah. Uh, I like to paint. Okay. Uh, I like to read. Uh, I like to row. I have a uh -huh. rowing boat. I go oh, on, really? on, on Lake Tennessee uh, oh, okay. when the weather yeah. helps. Uh, I like to read. So, yeah, that's my yeah. hobbies. And anytime, do you row in Nap the Napa River at all? 
I would love to. There, I don't. These boats are very particular, very long, very thin, very low. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I, I don't have any. I didn't find any access. Okay. I, I would like to. To I did it only once. Like just the, there's the waterfront right there, and then there's the. Um, I think there's a boat launch right at the yeah, water. Yeah, it's too high. I tell oh, you, okay. it's, these, <laughs> these boats are really, really particular. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. What what kind of boats are they specifically? It's a rowing boat. So okay. they are like uh, 20, 26 feet long. Oh wow. Uh, they are not uh, wider than my. Um, small butt. Yeah. <laughs> and, Do you uh, have to use a trailer to get them? To on, the, on the top of my on the car. To- uh, 26 so, feet on the yeah, top of your and, car? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, people see me. Uh, but <laughs> it's very light. It's, light. it's pure all carbon. It's like 30 pounds. Okay. Uh, very fragile. So that's why I can't go anywhere with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been lovely speaking with you. My pleasure. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. A lot of pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for listening to Have Guitar Will Travel. You can catch up on all the things I'm doing at thedeadlies.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms as well. And please support Vintage Guitar and all the wonderful things they do because they do many, many wonderful things for us guitar players. Thanks. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.